Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. So Romans, oh, sorry, I got to mess this up a little bit, but I just found out that somebody proposed to somebody over the weekend. And so we just wanted to just celebrate uh, the newest proposed, just proposed couple. Is that the way, how you say it? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. I've been married for 10 years. I done forgot what that was. Okay. I am not a newlywed. Okay. But let's just uh, congratulate Joshua and Susie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah, brother. Do it. Yeah. Come on, all the men, look at Joshua and say, yeah. Hoo. Come on, give him a good hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> Joshua's looking at him, okay, that's enough. That's, that's a little awkward. Don't do that. No, but awesome. And yeah, Susie's there just smiling really big there. She, yeah. Awesome. Salute you guys. It's beautiful, man. Love it. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Uh, now may the God of hope. Why do we have hope? Because he's the God of it. He invented it. It comes from him. Hope, true hope doesn't come from any other place than God himself. He's the God of hope. He's the God of love. He's the God of peace. He's the God of joy. He's the God of strength. But he is also the God of hope. That in God, there's always hope. There's always a way out, never a dead end. There's always, God has within the purpose of God over your life, there is a GPS system and there is always a way out there. Even if you hit a dead end, it'll be like, make a U-turn here and turn left on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever feel like you hit a dead end, right? And then God, you just, you just pray. Prayer is like, just open up your GPS app. Okay, how do I get up out of this mess? Anybody got yourself into a mess before? You see, you did it. Come on, thank you for your honesty over here. Right, nobody, everybody else over here is lying. It was always somebody else's fault. I've been mistreated. Yeah, you, you probably were, but you did some knuckleheaded things yourself all by yourself. You didn't need help. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, I'm preaching to myself. Thank God for grace. I jacked up plenty of times. Oops, I did it again. Come on now. Am I preaching to anybody in here? Thank God for his grace. Thank God that he just has a way of just finding, placing me in purpose, even when I jack up along the way. Peter jacked up all kind of times. He actually walked with Jesus, and he was jacking up till he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, thank you, Holy Ghost. All right. Thank God for people like Jacob in the Bible. I can relate to that joker. Come on now. Sometimes God had to wrestle me down. And some people, I've heard people say this, man, I ran from God. I'm like, you can do that? Like, like I didn't know you ran from God. He never let me run. Come on, somebody. I understand. But, but when it comes to the purpose of God, man, there's something about the sovereign hand of God on your life. Even when you look at you, you jacked up plenty of times and you're in church. My, somebody say thank you. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. My goodness. All right. 
Here it is. I didn't even finish the first verse. Now may the God of hope. It's the kind of God you serve. Your life ought to be made up of stories of hope. That you can come out. You can come up out of that garbage. You can come up out of addiction. You can come up out of depression. Come up out of sin. Come up out of garbage. Come up out of abuse. Come up out of it. Come up out of the details. Are you afraid to tell other people? Mm, it's quiet. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Come up out. All the way out. Come on, somebody. You can look at your neighbor and say, you can come up out of it. Now, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you, here it is, may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's my first point. Hope doesn't have to be scarce. The Bible says you can abound in hope. You can abound in it. You don't have to just get by. You don't have to just be like, you know, sometimes that word hope gets misused. And we use it in the context of being down. You know, oh, I'm just hoping and praying. I'm just hoping. No, you're not. <laughs> But the Bible says that you can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying every situation is going to be pleasant. We're going to get in this because check it out. Life is just that way. It isn't. But you can still abound in hope. It ain't easy. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't always easy. But you can abound in hope. It's a way out. It's going to get better. The Bible says that the life of the righteous gets brighter like the, like the, like the rising of the sun and the, good, the day gets brighter. That's my life. If that's the case, we're just in the morning time of my life, and it's getting brighter. Come on, somebody. All right, hope doesn't have to be scarce. You can abound in hope. Hope is expectation of what is sure. Hope is an expectation of what is sure. Hope really means this. This is what it means in, um, in, the, in the Greek. It means to welcome. So hope is this. Hope is this. In your present, you are inviting your divine purpose into your present. Hope is telling your future, I'm coming, and it's going to get good. It's going to get gooder. Hope, that's what it means. Hope means to welcome, meaning, meaning that it ain't here yet, but I'm going to go ahead and welcome it into my life. Come on, somebody. Hope is, the, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And if you see it and you experience it, what's the point of hope? Hope is all about believing and seeing something that isn't there yet. So hope is simply welcoming into your house what isn't there just yet. I'm just telling my future. I'm telling the purpose of God in my future. Hey, you're welcome here. I welcome you in. You can come on in. All right. Um, anybody ever come over your house and you were like, I'm not trying to let them in. Like, I'm, a, I'm not going to answer the door. At my house, many people here have come over my house, hung out in my house. Our doorbell doesn't work that good, and I kind of like it that way. No, I'm, just like, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. They're like, You're, I, I, we always act like it's some mystery. Oh, it wasn't working today? Oh, no. I'm just kidding. It just doesn't work. I just need to get my act together and fix it, okay? I didn't score high on my spiritual gift test with handiwork. So, yeah, it's not my gift. It's not my talent, but I still need to get my act together. Somebody say amen. But this is the thing. is this, Hope is a spiritual force. It is... Hope is some serious spiritual weaponry that I can believe for something greater than what I'm currently experiencing. And it is literally hope. Keeping hope alive is simply saying 
Simply saying, I'm just making an open invitation to my divine future. Now, I'm open to it, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for every prophetic word, every dream, every, every idea you gave me. I, I don't, I don't, it's not here just yet, but I'm welcoming into my present what I've yet to experience. All right, we got to welcome hope in. That's the very definition. Hope is, and what, what's the opposite of hope? It's depression, no way out. What are you doing? You're welcoming fear about your future into your present. Don't do that. You're opening the door to the wrong thing. Well, hope is welcoming your divine future into your present. It is creating a pathway to what you've been called to do. All right, hope doesn't have to be scarce. Abound in hope. This is what it means. It means to be over and above to exceed the ordinary. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not ordinary. It means to exceed the necessary. It means to be extra. All right, extra, like too much. Like you ever get around somebody and they're always just funny, cracking jokes, and you're like, dude, too much. <laughs> anybody, anybody out there, you are the too much type person. You're like, you get on a joke and you just keep going and going, and all the mature ladies around you are like, okay, not funny anymore, stop. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Somebody say extra. extra. See, more than necessary. Hope, hope could be abound like that. Hope can abound like just extra, like stop it. You ever get around people with they're full of faith and hope, and you're like, man, that's extra. What you so happy for? <laughs> Got hope. More, more than enough. Abounding. More than necessary. Man, that's too, that's too, that's, that ain't even necessary. I know it's more than. All right, you hang around me, maybe you'll get a little bit of this. Come on, somebody. You want, anybody want a little bit more hope? That we can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't got to be broke, busted, and disgusted 24-7 if you are a believer and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be filled with the Holy Spirit and broke, but that's what hope's for. Hey, man, it's going to get better, man. Raise is coming. My raise is coming. Hallelujah. My business idea is coming. I'm coming. Business idea, I'm coming. Raise, I'm coming. Inviting it. All right, blessed marriage, I'm coming. Whatever it is you're believing for. Maybe you're not married. Husband, so come on, single ladies. Husband, I'm coming. I don't know where you are, and I've been wondering where you are, but I'm coming. That's what Susie said. Now look, she's engaged. Look at this. Susie was like, I'm Korean, fine Korean man, I'm coming. That's what she said. No, maybe not, but hey, you guys get it, right? I'm coming. I used to say that. Wife, I'm coming. Wasn't married. Coming. There are nations I talk to. Italy, I'm coming. Well, I'm half Italian. My dad's full Italian. Of course I want to go to Italy, right? But Italy, I'm coming. I'm going to preach in Italy. Philippines, I'm coming. South America, I'm coming. You got to tell your, you got, you got, you got, you got to make the invitation. What is it? What is it you're believing for? What is it in your spirit? What is it? Invite it in. Tell it you're coming. Or tell it to come here. Italy, get over here. <laughs> South America, get over here. See, I've been talking to Latin America. Look, I'm in Boyle Heights. It came to me. White boy preaching in Boyle Heights. It happened. Somebody say it happened. It happened. All right. To be over and above. You, sometimes in God, you got to be too much. 
That's what abound means. You got to be too much sometimes. I'm talking about in your prayer time. I'm talking about the posture of your heart and your spirit towards God. Why you got to be all dignified all the time? Why you got to play by the rules all the time? Why you got to act all right just because the way society says you got to act? Ah, Jesus. Why I got why, why to fit in? Why can't I get in where I don't fit in? Be in the world, but not of it too much. Jesus was too much. Everything he did in his earthly ministry, if you can call it that, too much. Messing stuff up. Book of Acts. Turn the city upside down. Too much. Tried to shut them down. Stop preaching about the resurrection around here. We're going to put you in jail. Too much. They didn't care. Put me in jail. Fine. I'll pray. Angel will come. Let us out of prison. Peace out. Too much. Too much. Sometimes our faith isn't too much. It's not enough. You're just barely scraping by. You're barely trying to make it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying the condition of life, and at times it isn't difficult, but your spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. He is too much. My cup runs over. God is extravagant. He always gives us too much because he isn't just trying to take care of you. He's trying to bless others through you, and if you don't have too much, you ain't got enough. For other people, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Are you guys cold out there? You guys all right? Hallelujah. To be over and above, exceed the ordinary, the exceed the necessary, to overflow, excessive advantage. When you abound in hope, you have an advantage. I said, when you abound in hope, church, you have an advantage. You are not disadvantaged. You are not dis, whatever, dis, fill in the blank. What do you call that? It's, a, it's the word in the front of a word. It's the pre something. What's that? Prefix. Thank you. Hallelujah. Fill in the prefix. All right. You are at an advantage, not a disadvantage. But here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here's my second point. If you're going to live a life of hope, if you're going to manifest hope, if you're going to live out what God's called you to do, if your life is going to be made up of a series of stories of hope, you, courage is required. Courage is not an option. Somebody say Amen. Courage is not an option in the kingdom of God. It's not something we just pick. You know, this ain't, this ain't, um, this ain't some uh, all-you-can-eat buffet. You can't just pick what you want. Somebody say amen. amen. You got, you got, sometimes you got to take stuff, put stuff on your plate you don't want, but you need it. That's why we don't do buffet at my house with my kids. We just give them what's on their plate. Can't be picking and choosing. I'll be, I'm, actually, I'm lying because I do. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a soft dad sometimes. I'm like, oh, okay, baby, what, what but in God, uh, courage is required. All right, Psalms 31, verse 24. Here we go. Courage is required. Psalm 31, verse 24. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. God told Joshua, be of good courage. Three times. First thing he said, he, he didn't say be of strong faith. He said be of good courage. Not that he didn't want him to have faith, but hear me out. Courage was required. For Joshua to take the children of Israel into the promised land, and the promised land at that time was full of um, the enemies. 
And he said, look, um, I got a promise line for you, but you have to do the work. Just like uh, Deacon John said during offering, God's like, if you move, I'll move. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All you, here it is, who hope in the Lord. I'm going to read it again. Um, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. God strengthens the courageous. Here it is. Sometimes God requires courageous faith on our part before he strengthens us. Because he, he called Peter out of the boat. And he didn't even have the wherewithal to kind of make it through it, but he still did it. And God's strength, God required something of him before. God requires courage of us. God requires us to step out in faith and to walk in courage. It takes courage to keep hope alive in your life because everything is contrary to it in this world. Everybody's got problems and issues and people harp on them and live in that space and and they try to get on you. But so I'm here to tell you that courage is required to keep hope alive in your life. Courage is required to have a healthy long-term marriage. Courage is required to fulfill the call of God on your life. You can't do anything in the kingdom of God without some courage on the front end. Courage is required. It's required. It's required. Think about all the things in life before you go from one environment to the other. There are requirements before you get up in there. There are requirements, right? You know, think about this. Before you even drive a car, there's requirements before you can drive that thing. You got to, you know, there's requirements. Even to drive in a car, you got to put on your seatbelt. There's a requirement to go from one place to the other. If you want a certain type of career or job or profession before you get there, there are requirements. If you want to fulfill the call of God, requires courage. There are requirements. There are requirements. Psalm 71, verse 14. Let's go there. I'm kind of jumping around to a lot of scriptures here. Are you guys okay with this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 71, verse 14. But, But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. But I will hope continually. Not some one-time thing. Not some just when I feel good, when I'm just emotionally happy for whatever reason because I had a certain type of food that makes me happy. Not just because things worked out for me and everything is fine and dandy and not just because so-and-so likes me now. No, but I will hope Continually, continually, constantly, perpetually, regularly, regular sacrifice is what that means. That hope is something that you got to keep on you. You got to keep it going. You got to work that thing. You got to speak that thing. You got to work that thing. But I will hope continually takes courage to continually hope. Anybody got an area of your life that you're believing God for something more, a breakthrough? Come on. Let me see your hand out there. Are you anybody out there? Yeah, you got to hope continually. It's just how God works. He's like, you know, constantly, perpetually. I believe one of the greatest gifts to a believer is consistency. Hallelujah. 
I mean, just some people that are going to show up and do what they're called to do, even when it doesn't feel good. Hope continually. Oh, kind of, because I tell you what, in the call of God, the purpose of God, sometimes, I mean, you can have these moments of the presence of God and just, man, and just these mountaintop experiences and all that good stuff is awesome. And, 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 but then, you know, I would say large part of our life is, is, is walking with God in obscurity and regularly sacrificing seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. But I will hope continually and will praise. Everybody say praise. Praise. Here we go. Here's my third point. You have to praise in the in-between. Every last one of you, you're in between where you were and where God's taking you. Right now, every one of us is in between. What we come out of, look at your neighbor and say, I come out of some stuff. Look back and say, "I I don't have time to tell you now. But you better thank God I'm sitting in here. Okay. Anybody come out of some stuff? Real church for real people. We don't, you don't need to fake the funk in here. We know everybody got some issues. Even, even folks that are just acting like they don't. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's the scary ones. Like they got it all together. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we better double-check them, do a background check, all that. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. We're all in the in-between. Some, some, we, and, and if you just look at this for your life existence, you are born into this world, encounter Jesus, born again, and you will see eternity one day. We will cross over into an eternal place. Bible says it's appointed man wants to die. After that, the judgment. We all are in the in-between. And I'm here to tell you, you got to praise them in the in-between. Pray because it doesn't, what is that? That takes away all excuses. Takes away all excuses to to keep hope alive. You got to continually hope and you got to give them praise in the in-between. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. I will hope and yet praise you more and more. This is what the word praise means in this verse, in the Hebrew. It's the word tehillah. It means a song of praise. Comes from another Hebrew word called halal, which means to be boastful, to go mad, to act insanely. I'm here to tell you, some of y'all's praise is too sane. It is too dignified. Oh, it's quiet. Hey, Jesus. That's where you get the word praise. It literally means in the Hebrew to act a fool. When David gave God praise, his wife looking down on him. And he says, I'm even going to be more undignified than this woman. That word praise, sometimes you got to act a fool in the in-between. Some of you knew how to act a fool out there with the devil. Now, don't look at me like you didn't. And then you get in church, and you are so put together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm just here to worship. Some of you, some of you used to intoxicate yourself. Mm, Jesus. You were drunk, intoxicated, acting a fool at the party. You come in church and you are so proper. 
Yes, Lord, just praise you through. And the word praise, when we say praise, Tehillah, act a fool. Tehillah, insane in the membrane. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about just to draw attention to yourself. I'm talking about your own freedom. That praise is not dignified by definition. And it is not a black thing or a Hispanic thing. It is a praise thing. Why did I just say black and Hispanic? Because they typically are a little more expressive in their praise than us Caucasian folks. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Tehillah. Act a fool for God. Undignified. Why? Because he's worthy. And he wants to touch every part of you. Emotions. Some people are like, man, that's emotionalism. Well, I, I get it. I, I don't want just emotional frenzy. And that's just, no. But, but no emotion for God. That, that's another problem. Hallelujah. We go to some other countries. Man, they put our praise to shame. They cut loose. Maybe we ought to have a mission trip. That might help us all out a little bit. I mean, they just, they, they praise for hours. You know what I'm saying? And they're, they're just cut loose. Ain't nobody sitting down in praise. Hallelujah. He, why he's worthy. You got to praise in the in-between. You have to, let me reword it. Let me say it another way. You got to act a fool in the in-between. You got to act insanely in the in-between. And your praise and your worship to a living God that has saved you and touched you. And, and he's with you. And he, he, he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. You got to act a fool. Um, look at your neighbor and say, y'all going to make me lose my mind. Been here, up in here. Y'all going to make me praise the Lord up in here, up in here. Hallelujah. Act of food. That, that's Tehillah. The devil stole that and put, made a rap song out of it. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I'm just here to encourage you. One of our core values is passion for God. Passion. Emotion, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Worshiping God. And some people that are most passionate, they get hated on in church. They, oh, man, they got issues. Yeah, maybe that's why. Don't shut down their praise because they don't fit in your proverbial religious box. Ah, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, just praise in the in-between. Just praise in the in-between. Because look, by nature, you, it's going to come out of you. You're going to act a fool some way, somehow. Might as well be in my praise. Life got way too much pressure. It's going to boil over. Yeah, it's either you're going to praise or something else going to come out of your mouth outside of church. And it, maybe that's an indicator. If you still got a cussing problem, maybe that's an indicator that you haven't cut loose for your, with your praise yet. Yeah, Jesus. Mm, I hope you come back next week. Come on, somebody. You got to praise in the in-between. 
One more time. Tell your neighbor, say, just praise in the in-between. Just praise. In the in-between, it's where it's in the valley. It's when you're facing stuff. You got to praise in the in-between. I feel if we were, if we praised, if we worship right, I don't think counseling would be such a need for us. Hallelujah. Praise in the in-between. All right, here we go. God himself means more to us than the manifestation of a promise. Is that true? I'm going to say it again. I say God means more to me than the manifestation of what I'm believing for. It's not about what I'm believing for. It's about him. It's not about my next level. It's, more, it's about him. It's not about my race. It's not about my, no, I, he means more to me than anything. Right? So if God means more to us than the thing we're believing for, that is good and could come from him, but he means more than that. So whether I get that or not, in the timing I want or not, I'm still going to praise him because he means more to me than anything else. If, they, if that is true, then, then more than the promise, I want him here. Because praise is how you get God here. And that thing might not be here. What you're believing for might not. You don't have any control over that. But I can tell you right now, but, 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 but your praise will get him here. And maybe sometimes we have an inordinate affection toward the thing we're believing for as opposed to him. And maybe our, we have an affinity for, for a thing, a, an open door, and all these other things that aren't necessarily bad. But, but those things, even theologically, are, 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 are idols if God's not the number one, the person of who he is. God himself. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He's enthroned. He inhabits a praise. I'll say it this way. is isn't necessarily us getting God here. It's us getting to where he already is. Because God lives in your song. And that word praise is the same one to Hila. God inhabits your insanely passionate song to him. That's where he is. I don't know where God is. I haven't felt him in a while. Have you praised? Have you acted a fool lately in your praise? Because that's where God is. He lives there. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I know where God is. Look back at him and say, I can help, I can help you find him. Just don't stifle my praise. Come on, tell them. Tell somebody, don't stifle my praise. I'll be dancing in my kitchen, making my kids breakfast, and like, Dad, I'll stop dancing. I'm like, the devil is a liar. <laughs> stop my praise. They're going to grow up going, yeah, Daddy's a little nutty when it comes to that. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God lives in praise. Here we go, Psalm 71. Verse 15. Oh, my goodness. We got to come in for a landing, people. Y'all didn't tell me about the time. Psalm 71. As the worship team comes forth to dismiss the service. Psalm 71, verse 15. My mouth shall tell. 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 Come on, my mouth shall tell. You better say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. My mouth shall tell. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness. My mouth shall tell. And your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. There's so much to talk. There's so much about God. I could just run my mouth all day, and I still haven't found the limit, the bottom of it. 
My mouth shall tell. Look at your neighbor say, my mouth shall tell. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention. I will make mention. And my mouth will tell. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours alone, of yours only. Here's my, here's my other point here. Talk like you're already there. If you want to get from where you are to where God's taking you, you want to keep up alive, you got to talk like you're there. You got to talk about, you got to talk like you're there. You got to, you got to, your mouth shall tell. You got to recount, renumerate, enumerate. You got to commune with God with your words. You got to declare, proclaim, state, and talk. Your mouth is what steers your ship. S H I P. I just want to make it clear. Your, and it will do the other thing depending on what you're saying. But your mouth is a rudder. It is a small rudder that controls a ship. P. Your mouth controls your purpose. My mouth will tell. You got to open your mouth. So many times I think we kind of look at other people, what they've done to us or life. But you control what comes out of that mouth. Your mouth is a small rudder, controls a big ship. Your mouth, my mouth will tell. Talk like you're already there. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. My marriage is blessed. My finances are blessed. My babies are blessed. This church is blessed. Come on, somebody. You got to talk like you're already there. Talk like you're already there. Your mouth, if in line with the word of God, will enable forward progress in his purpose. I said your mouth, if in line with the word of God, will enable forward progress in his purpose. I'm going to say it again. Your mouth, if in line with the word of God, will enable forward progress in his purpose. Because it said my mouth shall tell. And then it said I will go. He ain't going. You ain't going nowhere if your mouth ain't there first. Tell your neighbor. Say you ain't going nowhere if your mouth ain't there first. Where's your mouth taking you? Where's your mouth taking you? Look at y'all in church right now. So it must have took you somewhere good. Look at, look, look at your neighbor. Just say, keep using it. Keep using it. Keep using it. Power of words. Your mouth will tell you where you're going. My man Joshua up here used his words this weekend. He approached Susie. It was a fine Southern California day. <laughs> Better than most. What did he do? He didn't just go up, come up to her and go like this. Uh, hopefully not. Um, well, never, never mind. He said, what did he say? What did he say? Anybody know what he said? He said, get over here, girl, let's do this. Come on. Right? He said, he uses words. Will you marry me? Charted his course. They're going to have little mixed babies now. After they get married. Somebody say, after they get married. Charted his words. Words are so powerful. Check it out. On their wedding day, that's where it gets real. Words. Till death do we part. I promise to love you, to be with you, to protect you, to provide for you from this day forth. All the days of my life. Words chart your course. Spiritual words are spiritual. Words are powerful. Here it is. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, get your mind right. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here's my last point. If you want to keep up alive, you've got to be a future thinker. 
you got to gird up the loins of your mind. It's interesting. Loins is reproductive organ. And it associates the reproductive organ to the creative reproductive ability of your mind in regards to your purpose. So your mind is girding up the loins of your mind. It, it really, it's a metaphor um, to gird up the loins of your mind. It's a metaphor from the girding up of the, of the flowing tunic that they would wear back in that day. It was to prevent the tunic from hampering one in active forward progression. So what it's saying is, man, you got to get, you got to strap, you got to get your mind right. You got to get your mind. It says, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. It, it really means the reproductive, creative capacity of the renewed mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope. See, your hope can't rest if your mind is all over the place. And in Christ, the word of God, you're empowered to renew this thing up here, to begin to change the way you think and process situations and people and, and interactions and disappointments. You can renew your mind and gird up. And it means basically to, to take up the slack, to, to take the slack out so you can move forward. Sober, it means, refers to having presence of mind, clear judgment, enabling somebody to be temperate and self-controlled, uninfluenced by intoxicants, means to have one's wits and faculties about them which is the opposite of irrational. Anybody been irrational a time or two in the last week? But you're empowered to do that. I have one more verse and we're going to pray. Be a future thinker. Look at your neighbor and say, be a future thinker. Tell somebody else, say, praise in the in-between. Tell somebody, say, courage is required. Tell somebody else, tell them, talk like you're already there. Here it is. Jeremiah 31, 17. I'm here to prophesy to you. I'm prophesying to you. Everyone in here, prophesying to you. There is hope in your future. If you read this in context, they lost a generation that went away in captivity and they were cried out to God. And God said, there's hope in your future. They were at a down, they were down spot. It wasn't, God was speaking to them in a tough place where the generation, their children were gone. There is hope in your future, says the Lord. Your children shall come back to their own border. You're going to come back to your land. And I'm here to prophesy to everybody in here. I encourage everybody in here. There's hope in your future. It's not dreary. It's not going down. It's not getting worse. In God, there is hope in your future. There is hope in your future. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us 
at my sanctuary LA. Be blessed.